you are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. About two weeks ago, I chatted to uh, Derek Lewerton, who's a rhino conservationist, and we chatted about the draft policy document, which aims to strengthen and consolidate conservation trade and breeding legislation and regulations for lion, rhino, elephant, or, or leopard. If you missed that show, again, catch up with the podcast, which is available on our website. And I suggest you do, because it leads right into the conversation I'm about to have with Louise Duval from an organization called Blood Lions. Um, Good afternoon, Louise. Welcome to the show. I trust you are well. Good afternoon, Rob. I'm very well, thank you. Great to have you on. Now, um, I'm going to jump right in there, um, for perhaps for the benefit of our listeners. Would you mind giving us a brief insight into what Blood Lions actually is? Blood Lions actually started as a documentary on um, exposing um, the commercial captive lion breeding industry in South Africa and all its spin-off um, industries such as cook petting, volunteering, cant hunting and the lion bone trades. Um, after the film or the documentary feature film, uh, length film was actually launched in, um, I think it was July 2015, um, we set up a global campaign to raise awareness, um, but also to lobby um, to end the commercial captive lion breeding industry in South Africa. Um, and that's what we have been doing right up until today. Oh, wow, that's a fantastic, noble course, and, and well done. I have had a, a look at that documentary, and it's absolutely fascinating and, and fantastic. And, and if anybody does want to have a look at it, they can check it out on, on your website. And that's bloodlines.org, if I'm not mistaken. That's it's correct. Lovely, fantastic. Now, back to, to this policy. As I mentioned, I, I chatted last, or oh, two weeks ago with a, a rhino, um, breeder and conservationist uh, about this new policy, uh, per, uh, proposal that's been put out by, by our minister. And he had some rather insights which, you know, seem to be, uh, or concerns which seem to be in conflict with, with what your, your point of view. You have a great insight into the high level panel there. Could you tell us more about that process that happened? Right. So in 2019, the Minister of the then Department of Environment, Forestry and Fisheries, um, set up a high level panel. Um, of 25 members, I think, um, people could be nominated uh, to be on that panel. Um, and it was a, an open and transparent process. Um, and there was a, uh, um, quite a range of different experts on that panel right from the sort of the, the welfare animal protection space through to the other end, which is the, the actual breeders, the traders and uh, the hunting fraternity, traditional leaders um, and, and other interested parties. So there was quite a spectrum of people um, on that panel with very different expertise and backgrounds. 
um, that had the mandates to review policies, legislation and practices on matters of elephant, lion, leopard, rhino management, breeding, hunting, trade and handling. That was their mandate. Um, and that high-level panel worked for um, a good year on those issues. Um, they did a lot of engagements with different stakeholders, and they created a, a nearly 600-page uh, report was delivered to the minister in December. Um, and um, that report the minister deliberated on and then early May, I think it was the 2nd of May, she made an announcement um, to say that she was uh, going to adopt the recommendations from that high-level panel report. And I think um, what uh, maybe some people um, may need to know, your listeners, is uh, people who haven't sort of taken the time to read this very long and 600-page report, is that a lot of the recommendations were made on a range of different topics that include the welfare of animals um, through to transformation of the wildlife sector to capacity building and training um, there was a goal on sustainable utilisation, um, the inefficiencies between the, the governance of the provinces and, and national departments. So there were a lot of areas that the HLP looked at that were associated with the management of those particular species. But then there were also recommendations with regards to those specific species as well. And I think to be absolutely clear is that the vast majority of all the recommendations made by the high-level panel were unanimous from the high-level panel's perspective. But then the recommendations that were made on captive rhinos and captive lions were not unanimous. So there were majority recommendations and there were minority recommendations. And the minister made it very clear that she was going to adopt the majority recommendations on those two uh, species. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I often wonder if it is a if it is wise to or advisable to adopt a blanket approach, um, especially with the, the different species that, as you mentioned, and in this case is lion, rhino, elephant, and and leopard. Yeah. So, what is what are your concerns in particular for for lions? We heard the concerns from from the rhino sector two weeks ago. Uh, what would be your your major major concerns there? You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Hey, welcome back to 101.9 High FM. I'm chatting to Louise Zawal from a 
non-profit group called Blood Lions about government's recent introduction of a overarching <clears throat> blanket approach through a policy proposal on on conservation. Louise, you, you were telling us about uh, your con- areas of concern with, within the policy. Yeah, it's an interesting, actually, that you're phrasing this question as my concern with regards to lions in this proposed um, or the draft policy position documents, because we are so used to to always criticizing what the government actually brings out. But mm. but in this case, um, and I know that there is a lot of organizations who feel the same way, there's actually a lot in this document to support a lot of positive things. And I think rather than sort of approach it from a what are the concerns? Yes, there are some minor concerns in some of the areas, but I think... Um, with broad strokes, there is a lot of positive things to be supported. And the fact that, um, for example, the first policy objective in this document says immediately halt domestication and exploitation of lion and closed captive lion facilities. Now, that overall is a really positive statement. There might be a, a few sort of Issues that we need to clarify, um, maybe some gray areas that may need to be uh, sort of closed down and made um, given clarity through proper definition of certain terms. But, you know, the HLP was very clear um, that the minister should put in place policy decisions for an immediate hold on the sale of captive line derivatives including the appropriate disposal of existing lion bone stockpiles, um, hunting of captive bred lions and tourism interactions with captive lions, including so-called voluntarism cup-petting. And that is exactly what we've been campaigning for for six years now. Um, so there's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. And that's why I'm saying we're always – we're in this mode to always criticize, but I think there's a lot in this document to support, you know, increased a policy objective of increased wildness, naturalness and well-being of fauna to adopt a one welfare approach um, to just mention a few um, enhance ecologically sustainable use, especially ecotourism and its benefits flows. Um to target capacity development. So I think um, in this document, to be totally honest, yes, there are some concerns that always are not one policy is going to, um, you know, be the perfect solution for any organization. I think we need to be quite realistic. But I think overall, this policy document will actually create a lot of positive. Um, well, that's, that's fantastic news. And it's, it just goes to what, to what I, to what I always say. And then the public should still uh, participate and have their say, even if it's in support. And you're absolutely correct. There's, you know, most of when, when we put our calls for comment, the most responses we get is always from, from the naysayers and the critics and, and so on. But very, very so often, Walsh says, not so very often, government puts out positive, positive policies such, such as this. 
and the public seem to ignore that. However, they should uh, get out and, and comment on this and still still support it. Louise, we've unfortunately run out of time. It's absolutely been wonderful to chat to you. And um, if our listeners have any any questions or uh, any suggestions or, or they would just like to get into contact with you, please, listeners, please send send us a message. Uh, you can do it by by SMS. Or email us at on air at highfm.com or send an SMS to 34519 and we'll pass it on to, to our guests uh, today and get them to, to respond straight back to you. Luis, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful day further. Thank you very much, Rob. And yes, I can only concur to that people should also get in touch with the government to say, actually, we're supporting this, or at least highlight those bits that they are in support of. So thank you very much.